0: This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Hi, and welcome to Health Yeah, your prescription for clear, concise medical health and wellness information. I'm Monica Robbins. This episode is personal. Since October of 2019, I've been sharing my experience battling a brain tumor. I have what's known as a sphenoorbital meningioma, which means the tumor is growing behind my left eye. Currently, it's sitting on my carotid artery, on my optic nerve, on the back of my left eye, in my left eye socket, and it has also invaded my bone and it's moving toward my cavernous sinus. While it is a benign tumor, this location is threatening my vision and my life. Benign tumors can be deadly too. I've gone through two brain surgeries. In 2019, I had a craniotomy where they removed a significant part of my skull and replaced it with three titanium plates. They removed as much tumor as they could, but they couldn't get it all because of the risk to my vision and my life. So think of my tumor. It's not like a golf ball where you can just go in and remove it. Mine is more like an egg you throw against a brick wall and then try to clean out all those nooks and crannies. Well, between 2020 and 2021, my tumor decided to grow toward my cavernous sinus, which is also where my carotid artery is located. And again, it was threatening my life. In December of 21, surgeons went into my brain through my eyelid and removed as much tumor as they could in and around my eye socket. But again, they couldn't get everything. That surgery essentially Bought me time. So while meningiomas are common, the location of mine is not. The fact that it grew toward my cavernous sinus made it even more rare. I'm one of those people who believes, though, that knowledge is power. I volunteered for clinical research to learn the genetic makeup of my tumor and perhaps the best type of treatment to attack it. This episode is my meeting with my neuro oncologist, Dr. Mina Lovos of Cleveland Clinic. He explains that my situation is not only rare, I'm a unicorn. I had my scans back in October and you and I met. What, what's my next option if my tumor decides to grow?
1: So the standard of care, you know, if these tumors come back, we consider surgery. Um, but if surgery is not feasible or it has a high risk, so we need to think of alternatives. Uh, that include radiation therapy. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, and also, sometimes it comes with a risk of injuring surrounding uh, normal or healthy brain tissue, especially if you're close to the vision nerve. Uh, for example, uh, we consider clinical trials, um, and that's you know exploring an investigational agent uh, through either you know phase one or or phase two um, uh, study.
0: Talk about um, my particular type of tumor and how weird it is
1: meningioma is 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 quite common, and as you know that it comes in three grades grade one two and three uh, three is cancerous and one is benign but as you know monica uh, some grade one tumor can misbehave and the, can come back uh, and that's what can pose a challenge uh surgical radiation or uh, or uh, medication the uh, the most common uh Meningioma grade is a grade one and the most common mutation that we find in, uh, in these meningiomas is a mutation called neurofibromatosis type 2 or NF2. Uh, the particular mutation that we found in uh, the tumor tissue uh, that the surgeon took out is um, uh, rare, which is called the TRAF or TRAF. So I was looking for, you know, uh, how common this particular m- mutation is. Uh, And also, you know, basically the mutation can sometime um, uh, predict tumor location, it can predict uh, tumor behavior like, you know, risk of recurrence. Uh, So to my surprise, I didn't find any reported uh, meningioma in the ClinVar um, with this particular particular mutation. So I went to the UK uh, data bank, they call it the Cosmic, uh, and we only found three reported uh, tumors um, with this particular mutation.
0: What does this mean?
1: Um, you're a special one, a unicorn. But there's an ongoing research trying to understand how a specific mutation um, can predict response uh, to different treatments. You know, now in the, in the era of the targeted treatment, um, more personalized treatments, not one plan fits all. And one of the ongoing research trying to understand how these particular mutations they found in your uh, uh, tumor can predict response to immunotherapy. Uh, So that's that's in the horizon and that can change how we um, manage uh, these these tumors beyond uh, surgical interventions.
0: But we don't know yet, right? We don't know
1: yet. We don't know yet. It's still early uh, in the um, research process. Uh, there are clinical trials, though, that explore other approaches to this tumor. For example, uh, your tumor carries a specific marker called the somatostatin receptor. Um, and there is a, uh, an ongoing clinical trial here in Cleveland Clinic that use a targeted drug uh, that basically attack tumor cells that carry this marker. Uh, the drug is called Lotathera, and it's FDA approved for um, what we call neuroendocrine tumors or pancreatic tumor, uh, which are, you know, they carry the same, the same kind of marker. Uh, now we're, we're studying this drug in meningioma that carry the same marker, um, and it's, it's, an to, uh, it's an phase to study in collaboration with the uh, New York University.
0: So that could potentially be my second option if it comes back or one of my options?
1: It it's definitely is. It's definitely is one of the options if we see signs of uh, tumor trying to grow is to explore this investigational agent um, and see if it does what it's supposed to do.
0: Why Why am I not in the trial now?
1: That's an excellent question. So um, because a clinical trial is an investigational agent, is it comes with you know, risks and benefit, and we have to weigh in uh, those risks, again, as a benefit. Uh, so the study required that the patient will either, you know, have signs of the tumor growth um, after surgery. And as of now, we haven't, the yes, tumor came back and you underwent surgery, but it hasn't shown growth since then.
0: Talk about sphenoorbitals. Um how, how often, like Dr. Racinos told me, he only sees maybe four of these a year.
1: Uh, these are, these are uh, uh, again very rare uh, location to have uh, to have uh, tumors, and even this mutation, this particular mutation, even makes it more rare. Um, and one of the challenges that this pose when with with uh, sphenoid wing uh, tumor is the close location to the vision nerve. Uh, so surgery has to be done in a um, specialized center with a very experienced neurosurgeon, and we're fortunate to have our skull base uh, neurosurgery team very well experienced when it comes to these tumors.
0: Is it common for these to spread to the cavernous sinus?
1: Uh, if it's you know if they start growing, they can they can go to the cavernous sinus. They can in, in involve the vision nerve or other um, cranial nerves that run close by, like the nerves that move the eyes. It's, it's rare for these tumors to come back, especially after um, the type of surgery you had the first time. Um, and it's rare for them, if they come back, to start growing towards um, toward the cavernous sinus. Um, and that's, that's what happened. Um, So as I explained to you, uh, a grade 1 tumor doesn't mean they are just benign and sitting there. They still can continue to cause troubles. uh, But we we have options. We have surgical options. We have radiation options. We have clinical trials.
0: I I took part in a research study because I wanted to know the genetic makeup of my particular tumor. And uh, what did that information give me?
1: That opens a door for again better understanding about disease behavior as well as treatment options. Um, as, as, we, as we discussed, the most common mutation uh, we find in this meningioma is the particular mutations called NF2. Well, there are ongoing clinical trials through co- a cooperative group called Alliance. And the um, published, and we're participating in this. A clinical trial here in Cleveland Clinic and they published the first um, you know results using targeted drug for the NF2 mutation and they found good response uh, in, in patients whose meningioma carries this particular mutation. Well you didn't know that until you do the test so the test actually empowered the patients and empower the physician to make more personalized um, Treatment decisions um, and that's you know that's why we um, you know uh, do this uh, test now more compared to like 10 years ago this these tests were only available through like research projects but right now they're more readily available to our patients um, and here in Cleveland Clinic uh, to gain more again understanding about disease behavior and treatment options
0: so in my case though I'm the only one in the United States, so doesn't necessarily mean anything is going to help me right now, but I may help somebody else down the road.
1: Correct, uh, because the way that the uh, um, you know drug development you know um, have you know especially with personalized uh, personalized treatment, uh, we need to know that this particular mutation is causing this particular disease, so we start targeting. Uh, with the medication, and if it's if it's extremely rare, uh, it's hard to uh, justify the drug development process. Uh, and right now, the you know the fact that it's not reported on the ClinVar, for example, because um, it's, the tests are not done elsewhere. I mean, that's how the um, you know the national databank pulls their information through patients undergoing these tests when they have surgery. Um, if we don't do that, we're not going to know about the, uh, these mutations and that, you know, that impact uh, drug development too.
0: So anyone who's dealing with this, it's in their best interest to allow their tumor to go to the tumor bank to get mapped.
1: Correct. And I also discuss with their uh, treatment provider about, you know, uh, doing the uh, molecular testing, the genetic testing, um, you know, after after surgery, because it can it can shape, you know, uh, um, treatment decision. Like, who do we need to follow more closely? Uh, is a uh, radiation therapy a good option for the patient versus exploring a more targeted, uh, more targeted therapy?
0: So it doesn't necessarily mean I'm the only one in the United States. I'm just the first that was found.
1: Correct, and if they find if they find more in the future, then that can change how they describe it, uh, how they um, label it in the national data bank.
0: The fact that it's now my tumor is in the national data bank, um, and so is my treatment or what happened to it.
1: So when the genetic information go to uh, national data bank, you know the uh, only release, you know that tumor type and the particular mutations, you don't release any patient particular information. Uh, that being said, you know, to protect the patient privacy. That being being said, the ultimate, you know, you know, treatment decision is between the patient and the provider. You know, when a clinical trial uh, or something that's coming down the pike become available through a study or of label use, this discussion need to happen between the provider and the patient.
0: So in my case though, because I have the TRAF7 mutation,
1: yeah.
0: I would not qualify for the NF2 clinical trial.
1: Correct because it's it's, um, um, uh, again, it’s a targeted specific mutation, um, and the clinical trial actually have uh, other arms, but because the mutation, this particular mutation you have is, is extremely rare, there is no particular drug. In this large trial that targeted,
0: you know, on ClinVar, it's pretty much every genetic mutation is is you know categorized on that data bank for every type of cancer or every type of
1: illness, right? Uh, correct. So what happened is, uh, and actually, the NIH have a list of all the platforms that submit the genetic information to the uh, NIH or the, the the ClinVar that include academic institutions uh, like Cleveland Clinic and also include commercial platforms, uh, for example k Foundation One, Tempest, there are several uh, commercial platforms. So the, the uh, initiatives through the NIH to capture uh, the genetic information and tie it to is it causing illness or it's not causing illness, so not just not just tumors. Um, so, and the NIH has a list of what um, entities that submit the information to ClinVar. This include academic institutions like Cleveland Clinic, as well as uh, commercial platforms that run these testing. And the more we know, uh, the more we can learn about, you know, uh, the association uh, with particular tumors and the more that can help with the drug development process
0: when you first told me this information I have to be honest with you um, you know I think normal people would be very upset to find out they were the only one I looked at it like I have superpowers now <laughs> because you don't know what my tumor is going to do is that right
1: it is it is correct and so I believe that knowledge is power and the more you know the less you fear so the more information you have about your Unique case not just not just the scans you know the the uh, genetic information and and having a plan for the future so while it's as you said it can um upset some patients uh uncertainty can be upsetting um, it empower others uh to learn more about their uh, disease and what to expect in the future and what what does this mean for uh you know their situation, as well as for future patients.
0: Please find me on Twitter and Instagram, Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Subscribe and find video podcasts on my YouTube channel, Monica Robbins. Until next time, have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios.